This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com MBO. Terms and conditions apply. Imagine a place of your own in your name, a place where all your stuff is, where there's a dinner table and a family around it. Virginia Housing makes it possible for thousands across the Commonwealth with our special homeownership programs, including loans, grants, and free classes. Because when we help people buy homes, their communities thrive. Click to learn more about Virginia Housing and see how home helps everyone. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to FPC Radio Live. It's October the 24th, 2022, and it's a Monday, John. And uh, I guess, I guess we have an obligation to once again get on this show and give our opinion, even though, even though our two guys have uh, unfortunately not found the win column in a few weeks. And uh, I, I, it's alarming to say the least for both of them. And I'll say this right off the top. Both quarterbacks are at the very bottom of the list when it comes to the issues their teams face. And I'm talking about the Buccaneers and the Packers, who both find themselves at 3-4 and four right now, which surprising now, but at the end of the year, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, just a, just a disappointing weekend for, for both the Buccaneers and the Packers. And... There's a lot of a lot of things that were very puzzling uh, coming out of that weekend or out of yesterday, and I, I'm still scratching my head about. Yeah, it's almost like we need group counseling here, Ian, you and I, right? We're just kind of, you know, uh, banging our heads against the wall. I, I don't think they either one played all that great. But no, no. I I, there are a lot of issues yeah. with those teams besides them. Partly to begin with on the defense, I mean, all of a sudden Green Bay couldn't get off the field against Washington, a, a big stop, and I think maybe they eke out a victory. Um, Tampa's defense, I mean, how do you let Carolina just gash you in the run game like that, mm-hmm. which, which happened? Uh, both offensive lines don't look good. Receivers are running wrong routes or dropping certain touchdown passes in the case of Mike Evans, and I think both quarterbacks are frustrated at this point. And, you know, they're both at an advanced stage where they need some help. I mean, let's not forget these are the top two vote getters for last year's MVP I don't think either they both just showed up this year and couldn't play anymore it's just that the rest of their teammates and I think even more so the coaching staff isn't supporting them enough and right now they're both three and four Tampa's in better shape because that division is still theirs to win uh whereas right now Green Bay's two and a half games behind Minnesota for the top spot in the north so yeah uh, and then they've got Buffalo next week in Buffalo good luck with that whether you're playing well or not that's a tough task. But, uh, yeah, it was frustrating to watch that because both guys, I think, could still play, and but you need some support. No, absolutely. And, and look, I mean, the thing with the thing with yesterday, and this, this is, again, I'm going to keep railing on it because I've been talking about it for, for a long time, really going back to last year. 
certainly when it comes to uh, play action usage, when it comes to the Buccaneers and their lack of urgency. Uh, we saw it yet again last night. And one of the concerning things I have moving forward is that this coaching staff is incapable of looking themselves in the mirror. And I'm going to play you a clip that I got to get. I don't know who asked the question. I, I, I think I know who it was. I haven't confirmed it yet, but someone actually asked the question. And I brought this up uh, last week because it's been a talking point. The Buccaneers efficiency and success running and passing the ball on first down is night and day. Mm-hmm. And it's very obvious that rushing is incredibly ineffective. They're the worst rushing team in the league. I, I don't understand their insistence on running the ball. Um, I thought maybe it was stubbornness. Uh, maybe it's just lack of awareness. And I'm going to play you this uh, answer from Byron Left, which is um, press conference yesterday. And I'll, I will frame it as, and I will tell you that the question was essentially asking him if he was aware of the uh, discrepancy or the, the difference in, in success and failure in those two options. So here is the clip. Okay, maybe not. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm going to try to, uh, I was having a little problem with the phone. Actually, I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to actually pull it up here. So, uh, but, the, but the thing was, it's Byron Leftwich gave a very concerning answer, i.e. he wasn't aware there was an issue. And <laughs> when I hear that, that is a big problem for me, John, because anyone watching that game, understands that they have an issue running the ball. I mean, when you when you get down to basically third and one and you can't gain a yard, in fact, you lose a yard, that's a problem. And then your solution is to not only go back to the run, but go to a less effective short goal line run and a toss to the right. To the, you know, again, it's in, to me, it's, it's coaching incompetence. And it's almost criminal when you have a, uh, a quarterback to the level of Brady. So, um Here's that uh, question. You look at it, uh, EPA, you're 32nd in the league. What else when you pass on? 32nd in the league and what? And expected points at it, EPA. Um, and if you look at in passing, you guys are sick. Uh, you know, stats, they're stats. They, don't, they, don't, they tell the story. They don't lie. So um, just wondering what the, why the, I don't want to say stubbornness, but why continue to run the ball on first down when it's been ineffective? Uh, we do what we feel as though the best thing for us to move the ball and to score points on every down. Yeah, that's that is hmm. a load of horse bleep. Um, first of all, the the arrogance, the gall, so to speak, to laugh in the face of that 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 was that was a very. I, I like I said, this is why I want to find out who asked the question because I want to give them credit for you know, handling that well, because someone's up there that, that has been as bad at his job as Byron left, which has been, and it's not just been this season, has no place to get up there and laugh at a very, very appropriate question. Because those of us watching the game see it each and every week. We saw it in the first couple of weeks. They won, so no one batted an eye. But when, you, when you're force-feeding a 50-50 split in passing, and then people are like, oh, well, you know, look, you know, they're technically, uh, they have one of the fewest or like bottom third in a number of attempts when it comes to first down rushing. Yeah, because they can't pick up first down, so they get fewer attempts at it. Like, how many times do we have to sit here and watch this Buccaneers offense go out there, run a dive up the middle, put themselves in second and long, and then, again, have no rhyme or reason to their play calling, avoid play action. Play action worked yesterday, John. Oh, my God, it worked. But they didn't use it. Up-tempo offense, that that's, doesn't even enter the playbook until late in the game, which, again, another situation where, wow, that passing offense looks like elite, like it was last year. So, uh, again, I'm sitting here thinking, and, and look, I, I'm not a Bucks fan. I'm a Tom Brady fan, obviously, but um, I do feel that looking at it objectively, I'm like, top of the list of problems for this team is coaching. And it's not just Byron Leftwich. It, it's 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 uh, uh, Todd Bowles, too. And I, I said it last week. I tweeted it yesterday. He was 24-40 and 40 for a reason with the Jets. And it wasn't because it was the Jets. It was because he wasn't a good coach. So this idea that he is somehow, again, I feel like it's, it's they, they are tanking in otherwise what would be an otherwise pretty good season for this team. Doesn't mean that they were going to win the Super Bowl, but... Um, I feel like 
regardless of the injuries, regardless of who has and hasn't been in there, which lineman is in there, coaching is the biggest problem. And it's borderline incompetent, in my opinion. You pine for the good old days of Bruce Arians. Uh, look, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being facetious. I mean, no, I mean they I, won a Super yeah. Bowl together in the first year, and they had tied with Green Bay for the best record last year at 13-4, and four, which amazingly, both teams only lost four games last year, and, and they can only match their records of a year ago if they go on and win their last 10 games, which probably isn't well, likely. Well, they could, but, they could both exceed it if they go on and win a Super Bowl, technically. So that's they're, true they're still that's hope. That's true, too, yeah. Positive thinking, John. Yes. PMI. Yes, we got to be positive, right, for the two old guys. <laughs> a lot of the concerns you echoed about Tampa, I can share when it comes to Green Bay. Again, uh, maddening slow tempo. He wants to play more of an up-tempo. He wants to simplify things. He said last week, he being Aaron Rodgers, that there's flaws in the Shanahan system, or whatever you want to call it, right? The yeah. system that 40% of the teams are using right now, San Francisco, Green Bay, whoever. Um, he says there's flaws in that system. Now, the only thing is Aaron sometimes goes out there and proves that there are flaws in the system by not playing so well. But And he is the kind of guy, if he's not totally bought in, it's almost like reverse psychology. He may torpedo the whole thing. That's kind of the way he's wired, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, just I, I look at it as you have the greatest quarterback in the history of the sport. You have another guy who I think is the fifth greatest quarterback of the Super Bowl era, and I don't think I'm overhyping him or being hyperbolic. Let them run the offense. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, does Byron Leftwich or Mike, Matt LaFleur know more about offenses than Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? No. I, I don't think so, right? I, and, I, and look, I, I mean, that's think and, that. And, and to, to kind of add to that, I mean, people, and this is kind of the response, you know, from, from the snarky people that aren't, you know, that are more interested in seeing those two guys fall as opposed to actually looking and, and analyzing the game. It's like, oh, well, I thought Brady was the offensive court. He's, he's not. He's not, and if, not. If, if 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 you're, I mean, again, those people are being very obtuse, very deliberate. <laughs> um, they they have an agenda, so of course that's that's the mindset. But if you sit here and believe that he's the quote unquote offensive coordinator, then you're just you're fooling yourself. Um, obviously, he has input as he should, but he's not the one calling the plays. He's not the one like people are like. Oh, why can't he just uh, uh, audible out of it? Well. When you come in with three tight ends and a run-heavy offense, you can't really audible into a hur- and run a hurry-up offense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you need to have the right personnel in place, and you need to have the right people in place in order for him to do what he needs to do. And, you know, to your point about Bruce Arians, and, uh, you know, like, maybe I, I didn't give him enough credit. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it feels like, at least, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but it feels like he probably reined in that offense a little bit because... You know, let's go back to last year. 26 in the league in play-action usage, which is, again, absurd to think when you have Tom Brady at your quarterback uh, under center. Uh, again, very predictable. These runs on first and second down, ineffective runs, were around last year. <laughs> like, this mm-hmm. isn't anything new, but at the very least, I feel like Arian's influence w- was there. And... You know, uh, whether that meant the adjustments were made, you know what I mean, to win games and and produce offense, which they just can't do right now. And, you know, look, the the Mike Evans drop sucked. And, you know, that early in the game, you can't say that lost them the game, but you can tell that was and he said it after the game that it was deflating. And and look, it happens that I'm not blaming him. I mean, again, Brady didn't have his words there on his part. Yeah, well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, only only for the casuals out there, John. Um, but yeah, I mean, like again, and I'm not saying like when I say, and, and this is the problem I run into, John. And and again, this is it's funny to me, but at the same time, not surprising. I will sit there and say my case is look with all the issues the Bucks have. Tom Brady's the very least of their problems. You know right. what that means? I'm apparently a Brady fanboy. And uh, ultimately biased or, or Stan or whatever you want to call it. And I'm sitting here thinking like, man, people just don't want to have a discussion. You know what right. I mean? Like, you know, again, it, it's it's far more interesting and easy to, to latch on to a narrative. And I mean, we saw what happened with the whole uh, uh, Mac Jones, um, Bailey Zappi thing. An easy story that very juicy gets thrown out there. and People just lap it up without doing any bit of, you know, common sense thinking. And I'm sitting here thinking the same thing with this. It's like, okay, well, I'm looking at a team that, yeah, despite the injury issues, 
they should still like I, I don't care about injuries. Injuries hurt and you can work around them and it may limit you in some situations. But injuries shouldn't have this team at three and four through seven weeks. Like you can overcome and again, we've seen it. This team goes to up tempo offense, no huddle, move the ball, pacing themselves. They're just as good or look just as good as they were last year. So what's the issue? Well, this stubbornness, as you know, was mentioned in that clip that I played, on the part of uh, the Bucks' offensive coordinator to continue to try to force feed Leonard Fournette the ball. And it doesn't mean completely abandon the run game. It just means stop trying to run the offense through Leonard Fournette. It is not 1995. It is not 2006. Okay. It is 2022. And you have the greatest quarterback of all time, and you're handicapping him and this offense by doing the exact opposite of what's successful. And it's just not my perception. I mean, the data is there. It's clear as day. And I've said it all many times before, John. Statistics are flawed. They're not perfect. I think they're far more useful looking back to add context as opposed to looking forward to predict things. So in this case, we're looking at the totality of what we've seen this season. And again, as mentioned in that clip and that question to Byron Leftwich, the numbers are there. It's clear as day what this team is not good at and what this team is really good at. And the Bucks' offensive game plan is the exact opposite of what it should be. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, I think they can turn this around, but I just don't see an option when it comes to coaching. And at this point, seven weeks into the season, I feel like they're not eager to change. They're being stubborn. And again, based on that response, John, do you think that Byron Leftwich is a man to lead this offense? No, and, and I don't think it really helps his cause because we've heard that he's a leading candidate to be a head coach at some point. And since the sport is going so heavily analytics, and that's an analytic stat, like he maybe doesn't, maybe he's not a slave analytics which in some ways you, is kind of refreshing but you got to use them at some you don't point even too, look, right? you, you don't even need analytics to see what you see with your eyes i mean analytics are the, uh, th- these analytics right. are there only to support what we've seen with our eyes and again exactly. I, 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 yeah. I watch i watch them run after moving the ball downfield throwing the ball uh running back dropped a pass in a flat they got to third mm-hmm. and one you lose a yard running up the gut and then the decision was well, let's run again, but this time let's let's pick a less effective play in short yardage, and that's a toss to the right. And 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 to me, it's like you don't need the. I mean, the analytics are great because again, it, it's it's uh, it's giving you tangible evidence to support you know what I've seen with my own eyes, and that's 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 what the value of analytics are not to predict, but to mm-hmm. kind of add context and give a little bit more uh, substance to your claim as opposed to just saying, oh, this is what I see. Well. We talk about it all the time, John. Perception isn't always reality. In this case, mm-hmm. perception is reality because all the numbers back it up. And again, I, I just I can't see how through seven weeks so far, the Bucks coaching staff cannot see this or, or are unwilling to change. Is this completely outside the box? Look, it'd be a phenomenal story and it'd be a knee-jerk reaction. Do you go to Bruce Arians and say, come back down to the sideline? I would. And finish off the season? Byron Leftwich, you're the offensive coordinator, but you report to Bruce Arians. He's, you know, the guy. And as far as Todd Bowles, you go back to being defensive coordinator. Now, obviously, this would blow up. This would be the biggest story in the league, especially with the Rooney rule. And I would guarantee you, Bomani Jones and, you know, Stephen A. Smith would flip out. You know, you're replacing a black head coach with a coach that did win a Super Bowl two years ago. But, I mean, that, that's like a hockey move. We see, I mean, Harry Sinden, I can't tell you how many times would come down from the president's or general manager's office and finish off the season. Heck, well, didn't Larry Robinson win a Stanley Cup uh, I, I, as a head coach? I was just going to say, he, uh, Robin yeah. Fatorek got fired with like right. 13 or less than 13 games left in the season for the yeah. Devils back in 2000. Larry Robinson comes down. They go on and win the Stanley Cup. Um, yeah. And, and like, look. <laughs> I, look, I, I've, I've in the past, I've, you know, maybe tempered the, the hype on Bruce Arians. But at the same time, you look back and it's like he he, he won when he was in with the Colts. He happened to, man, you know, he had this team in the right direction. Yeah, they didn't win the Super Bowl last year, 
but no one in their right mind thought they were completely out of it. They're completely out of it this year, John. And, and like I said, I mean, Todd Bowles is 24-40 and 40 before this season as a head coach. That was his four-year stint with the Jets, and 10 of those wins came in one season, John. So this guy averages about five wins a season. So <laughs> Yep, that's five, about six where, wins a season, yeah. yeah. And it's like you're telling me that he was the right guy for the job. You, you have an offensive-heavy team. You go to a defensive-minded coach and a very limited offensive coordinator. Again, some of these issues were there last year. I, I just think in hindsight now we can see maybe Bruce Arians' influence on the offense was a little bit more than we thought because the the difference is, is alarming from day one from the last two years versus right now and through the first seven weeks. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Imagine a place of your own in your name, a place where all your stuff is where there's a dinner table and a family around it. Virginia Housing makes it possible for thousands across the Commonwealth with our special homeownership programs, including loans, grants, and free classes. Because when we help people buy homes, their communities thrive. Click to learn more about Virginia Housing and see how home helps everyone. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-patrollable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, we used to hear that Brady and Leftwich would put together the game plan and Bruce Arians would come in with the red pen and maybe he was making the right corrections at some point, right? You know, because well, their I, offense I, was again, electric last year. Again, a lot a lot of those stories, I, I don't know how much truth is to all of that. I mean, there, there was, I, I think some of those kind of take on a life of its own where it's like, yeah, sure. obviously Brady and Leftwich were, would talk about the game plan. They'd be foolish not to talk about the game plan. And I'm sure Bruce Arians had his input as well because he was the head coach. So... Yep. But to me, it's like, I mean, anyone who thinks that, like, Brady, it, this is this is the type of offense that Tom Brady wants. Like, he's not going to come out, like, that's the difference between him and Rodgers. Um, you know, Rodgers is, you know, sometimes <laughs> subtle, sometimes not so subtle in his uh, criticism. Brady, for better or worse, is going to just take it and go with it. And and we've heard this from, from other players where... You know, this kind of goes against the whole, well, Brady's the offensive coordinator. He can just call the plays. Well, well, no. I mean, he, he has a immense uh, amount of, I guess, respect for the player-coach relationship. So does. Yeah. despite his stature, he feels as though it is not his place to coach the coaches. Although, again, mm-hmm. probably should, or at least have a little bit more of a urgency when it comes to... to how they run their offense. Um, so I, I don't think he would ever say it, but like, I mean, again, how can you be happy with the, the I mean, he's getting the calls in on those, on that third down play or certainly the fourth down play. And it's like, yeah, are, are you serious? Are you serious? I kind of almost wanted him to do the, the Aaron Rodgers. What are we effing doing? And, and I don't know if you right. saw that on TV, but that <laughs> that's the, I mean, any lip reader, any amateur lip reader out there could, read that clear as day and and he was right and tom brady should ask yeah. that question too what the f are we doing yeah no without question I mean, again 
like I said, I think Brady and Rogers have more institutional knowledge about offenses than Byron Leftwich and Matt LaFleur. Just, I think that's the case. Uh, in Green Bay's case, Nathaniel Hackett, who's now two and five with the Denver Broncos and they're, you know, going down the spiral that it's not necessarily surprising. You kind of called it before the season started because you didn't think Russell Wilson was going to be that big a difference. But Nathaniel Hackett's been a disastrous head coach. I think he served a purpose in Green Bay as offensive coordinator, not necessarily as a play designer or play caller, but I think that he essentially was there to make Aaron Rodgers feel comfortable and make Aaron Rodgers laugh. And, and, and you know what? That's, he's worth his weight in gold then because your quarterback's playing at a high level. I also think that one move that the Buccaneers could make is to bring back, or they may have to twist his arm to come back, Rob Gronkowski. Not only what Gronkowski would add to the Buccaneers on the field, I also think that Gronk makes Brady laugh and, and makes him feel comfortable, right? Because yeah. I think he looks at Gronk as like a kid brother, and he kind of envies but, him a little bit. Like, as to say, he doesn't have all the responsibility that I have with let, the wife and the let, kids and all that other stuff. Let me have, This guy makes me laugh. Let, like, let me ask, keep the two quarterbacks happy in some sense. Let me ask you, John. Did Gronk know? Yeah. No, that's a great point. Maybe he said that this thing's going to, you know, Go down the tubes here. Well, sorry, maybe Bruce I'm, Arians is yeah. Maybe I'm Bruce sorry, Arians is yeah. more more more. Give, look, Bruce Arians was pretty successful in Arizona, wasn't he? I mean, I mean the Arizona right. Cardinals. I, mean, I, I think. Look, I, I think, he got to an NFC got to an NFC Championship game. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a oh sure high stake and, and, for the Arizona Cardinals when you think about it. Well, and I, I think we also too we tend to do this in every aspect of sports. We overhype and then we uh, over criticize. Right. Yeah. And I think yep. Bruce Arians got a little bit overhyped, but yep. then I think. The, the dismissing and I, I look I, I was I'm guilty of this too so I'm not sitting here pretending like I you know know all I know a lot John I know most <laughs> but not all not all I managed to uh, not only humble but uh, raise my ego in a matter of about five yep. seconds difference there but uh, <laughs> no but you know I, I think again you know looking in hindsight and okay all things considered, we look at 2021 Buccaneers, we look at the 2022 Buccaneers. Obviously, Rob Gronkowski is not there. There are injuries on mm-hmm. the offensive line. However, that's football. Every team deals with injuries. Every team deals with uh, players coming and going. What's the difference? Well, the offense looks anemic. The defense looks unprepared. I mean, Donovan Smith took three pre-snap penalties on third down, mostly in, in, in short yardage, too. And I think there was one at the very end of the game. It was like third and four, and it was a false start. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought Brady was about to walk off the field after that. He was just like, Jesus. I mean, again, it that tells me it's poor coaching. They're unprepared. Um, going back to last week, remember the, the pass play where no one ran a route? <laughs> like, right, yeah. Come on, you know? So, I don't know. Again, it, it's very obvious watching the game, the Bucks' issues, the statistics – the data certainly back it up. The only ones not seeing it are those who are rooting for Brady to fail and Byron Leftwich. <laughs> that's that. That's it. And Shannon Sharp, because mm-hmm. that's part of his, you know, his act. Oh yeah, I mean, this is what we have. I'm sure you know Skip and Shannon will debate today who had a rougher day yesterday, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. And the two quarterbacks have become somewhat of a punchline at this point. I mean, every. National broadcast yesterday, not the news, but the sports part of it, you know, and talk radio started off with two old quarterbacks look old. Uh, Brady well, because it's twenty-one to three, because it's an easy, it's easy to grasp. Exactly. Yeah, they, they may lazy. not have watched the game. No, yeah, exactly. It's the same and, thing like pe- people saying, "Well, Brady keeps missing Wednesday practices." When Rick Stroud has reported, he hasn't missed a Wednesday practice. <laughs> he hasn't like, missed so, a single Wednesday you know. practice, but it's like no. So it's it's easy to just blurt that out right even if you or don't it's have like people you know they'll, they'll pile in it's like uh oh well he went to that wedding on friday like who cares so because he went to a wedding on friday uh the defense let pj walker shred them <laughs> you know what i mean or right. it's like because he went to a, a wedding last friday it somehow affected the previous four weeks where these issues you know what i mean it's like right like obviously like we, and we, this is kind of the bigger problem when it comes to sports discourse and discussion is it, it's far too reliant on just the easy take. And no one wants to mm-hmm. dive in and, and analytically or, you know, appropriately analyze the game and actually discuss the game. And that's what that's what we're doing, John. That's 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 why we're number one in 
some list that I made up. But number one, regardless. Okay. Um, I'm glad. One of one, actually. Oof. Got some well, unicorns, I just right? I just said one of one, and anyone out there that's followed the Bucks or Saints probably just quivered because of a certain <laughs> certain person that um, I don't know. I'm not even going to bother. But uh, you know, the point is though, we're, we're looking at these two guys, and again, people are are enjoying the da- the quote unquote downfall. And I sit here and I I kind of chuckle, and I'm like, well, how many times have you done this before? And it's like, really, it's 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 kind of showing who you are. It's like, yeah, I'm going to root against certain teams, but I I, I don't. Like, I think I said it uh, last week, like, I don't root for anyone to fail. You know what I mean? Like, that that's kind of, that's such a loser mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll mm-hmm. root against a team because, obviously, competition. And they're, they're, I, I'm trying to, to distinguish, I'm trying to make the difference between rooting, like, sports rooting against and then just, like, actively rooting right. for someone to fail and, and just go away. You know what I mean? And, like, you're seeing a lot of that with Rodgers and Brady's haters out there when, Again, the reality of it is they don't want to watch it, and how can I blame them when the Bucks' offensive coordinator isn't even aware of some of these things? You know what I mean? Like, how can yeah, I fault yeah, fans he... for jumping on them when Byron Leftwich isn't even aware of these situations or clearly doesn't care enough to, to try to do something about it? And both teams have quick turnarounds. Uh, obviously, the Buccaneers oh, host Baltimore on Thursday, so that's going to be a, a tough matchup. And then Green Bay has to travel to Buffalo on Sunday night Good luck with that, you know. So they could both be staring at three and five midway through the season. And look, both guys can turn this thing around. But the NFC is a little deeper than we anticipated. But there's a bunch of these three and four teams, like San Francisco. Everyone tells me is a Super Bowl contender is now three and four with a quarterback who is is below average. Look, there's I mean, like I have to three watch that game yesterday in this league. That's it. And yeah, it, it, there's Buffalo, Kansas City, and, and Philadelphia. We have to put in there because they haven't lost. Right, I mean, yeah. does Dallas look that great yesterday? The no. Giants are finding ways to win because it seems like every every week. Look, the Giants are a great story, and Brian Dayball is probably front runner for Coach of the Year. But it seems like every team that plays the Giants, you know, gets a brain fart and and you know doesn't just Jacksonville had an opportunity to go up seven late in the game yesterday if they just kicked a simple field goal and said they go for it, uh, don't get it, and then the Giants go down and score what turned out to be the winning touchdown. So yeah, team. See, uh, Sometimes you have those years, right, where mm-hmm. you just find – look, the, the Packers won 13 games three years in a row, and there were many games they won that I would turn the TV off and say, how the hell did they pull that one off? You know, it would be like a poor decision by the other coach or Rodgers made a great throw or whatever. But Someone good, missed good a field teams, goal or made a field goal. tend to do but that, though, the, and, and that's, that's, that's part the, of that's it. That's the league now, right, yeah. And That's what the league is. I mean, it's just – I, like I, I think I tweeted out yesterday. Right now, you've got Philly six and zero, Minnesota five and one, the Giants six and one, Dallas five and two, Seattle's four and three, and leading the NFC West. I thought they were in tank mode. Meanwhile, Denver's two and five, right? Mm-hmm. Tampa, Green Bay, and San Francisco, three of the four teams that made it to the divisional round last year, all three and four. You know, so it's this, this league. I mean, the quality of play. Brady's right. He said it a month and a half ago. Is not very good. But the games are, are kind of, you can't take your eyes off of them because they're, they're intriguing, to say <laughs> the least. Trust me, I wanted to take my eyes off that Bucks game. Trust me. I, like, I, I, like, I don't know if three days is enough between now and, and Thursday to, to prepare myself to watch another one of those offensive game plans. Because I just don't feel like, you know, again, that, that response really just put a bad feeling in my gut. Because it tells me that they have, they, they don't seem interested or willing to admit maybe their philosophy is off a little bit. Like I said, I, I think, look, if you want to get really dry, I, I'm 100% with you, John. They they need to rectify this coaching situation. This isn't, you know, th- this is a difference between potentially having an opportunity to win a Super Bowl and then just going in the tank because nothing is going to convince me that the Buccaneers, a team that was literally the wor- had the worst winning percentage in all of sports prior to Brady's arrival, is somehow going to maintain its contendership once Brady is right. gone. And not that it's all Brady again. When when I when I and that's the problem. These are these are the terrible conversations we get into. When I say obviously Tom like the Buccaneers were not a Super Bowl contender before Tom Brady. Tom Brady made them a Super Bowl contender. Doesn't mean he literally did everything. And that's kind of the response mm-hmm. I always get. Oh, he doesn't do everything. I'm like, "No, of course he doesn't win it by itself." But by that same standard nothing in football is achieved individually 
like people are like, oh, wins are a team stat. Well, so are receptions and touchdowns. And, and you know what I mean? There, there's mm-hmm. there's factors, there's elements in every single part of that. Um, great quarterbacks win football games. That's the bottom line. Doesn't mean they win every single week. Doesn't mean uh, uh, they always outplay their opponent. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's not a perfect science, just like every other stat isn't a perfect science, but it gives you some sort of indication. Uh, of what you've seen so far to this point. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, Buccaneers have talent. Yeah, they're injured, but they should be able to over- overcome it because of who their quarterback is. And right now, it feels like <laughs> Byron Leftwich and this coaching staff is just a massive anchor holding them back because people are surprised about this Bucks defense. I'm not. This is exactly what they were last year. The only problem is mm-hmm. they're not getting the offense to overcome it. So like people are like, what happened to the Bucks defense? Well, it's the same defense they were last year. They had really good moments. They let up a lot of yards. They had lapses of judgment throughout the season. I mean, let's not forget the very last play essentially of the season last year was an all-out blitz. Who called that? Oh, the Bucks' new head coach, completely unaware mm-hmm. of the situation. An all-out blitz that left Cooper Cup, the triple crown winner, John, one-on-one. And... That guy's your head coach making the decisions on how to attack each game, each season, or each each week. Um, yeah, it's just it's 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 frustrating. It's frustrating, and like I said, I'm just glad I'm not an actual Bucks fan. I'm just a Tom Brady fan who's 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 hoping that this isn't what we're gonna see him go out as because we've already seen stupid comments on Twitter about uh, someone had mentioned something about like oh you know they're going to. The, uh, the role of Drew Brees. And I'm like, do you remember Drew Brees from the last few seasons he played? Or like, you know, I I don't know. It's uh, I need I need to I need to figure out a way to 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 impress upon them my opinion. But I guess Serenity Serenity now. Serenity now. Insanity. Serenity later. now. Yes. <laughs> um, the quick turnaround may actually help. I'm just going to read it into this that it only gives that coaching staff a half a week to prepare, which might be a good thing. We saw with Detroit, when you give Dan Campbell two weeks to prepare, he's even worse than when he gets only one week to prepare. So an incompetent coaching staff at times, you know, the shorter week may help. They may not have time to screw things up. Maybe they'll simplify things and maybe they'll wake up this morning and go, well, let's keep it simple and let Tom take care of things. Maybe that'll work. That's that's a way to be positive, Ian. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh... – <laughs> I like the confidence, John. I really do. But unfortunately, there are 60 minutes uh, in a game that <laughs> opens the door for a lot of lot of bad decisions on the part of that uh, that coaching staff. Um, just like just like <laughs> kicking a field goal to 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 make it a, from a two score game to a two score game late in the game. <laughs> that that was again right. Yeah. Like I, and trust me, I'm I'm very conservative when it comes to kicking and, and going for it. You know, I've, I've obviously. You know, I tend to be a little bit more cautious. I'm not, you know, throw caution to the wind and let's just go for it. That's what we do. No, I, I tend to be very. But even I was sitting there like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, go for it. Like, and, and but here's the thing, though, John. It's like if they would have gone for it, they would have probably run the ball. And I would have then I would have right. really yeah, that that been. insanity mark. Like, I, you know, like if you can picture like a. A gauge and like you know i'm getting dangerously close to that fault line where it's like you go past that line you're gonna blow it like i mean i was like scraping the bottom of that line uh and had they actually gone for it and then decided to run the ball i would have I, I just would have burst through past that line i, I would have never come back i would have been a in, a in a hospital the rest of my life like muttering um just i don't know <laughs> that's that's where i would have been if, if that would have happened and like i said i just I'm just glad this isn't the Patriots and Tom Brady because at least, at least, that's a little bit of a, a, a silver lining in all this. I don't think that would happen, though. I mean, no, 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 no. That, uh, nope. that, that type of stuff just would not happen. It wouldn't happen. I mean, obviously, Belichick's one of the greatest coaches in the history of the sport, and Todd Bowles is Todd Bowles, and you know, um, yeah, no, that that certainly wouldn't happen because even in 2019, where things weren't perfect, they still managed to go 12 and four. I mean, it's just those two guys together, we're going to get 12 wins every year. And a couple of times they got 11 wins and oh, by the way, they won Super Bowls in those years. So yeah, that, that you're not going to see that type of stuff happen with Belichick and, and so forth. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just frustrating to watch because it just, it seems like it's, 
something that can be corrected. Easily. And it just seems like the coaching Easily. staff's getting in the way of it. It's oh, like yeah. sometimes, you know, it's almost like with the analytics type stuff. And look, I like analytics. I like to look back at analytics, not necessarily to expect what it's going to make mm-hmm. happen. But, you know, if you go play blackjack, I mean, like Brandon Staley, who, who just goes for it on fourth down no matter what. And Dan Campbell's the same way. So if they're, if they're playing blackjack in Vegas and they've got 18 and the dealer's showing a deuce, do they just get hit or do they stay at 18? Like, they probably just keep getting hit, right? Because they're going for 21. Like, they're, they're not going to be satisfied at 18 when, you know, the, the mind would tell you stick at 18. Like, I just think that if coaches in the NFL did, like, normal things like kick the field goal when you have that opportunity, yeah. punt when you're supposed to punt, do whatever, that they would be better off than, you know, mucking it up with too much analysis, paralysis through over-analysis, because I think that's the case right now with some of these coaches. Well, like, like I said, I mean, I, I you don't even, when it comes to the Buccaneers, you don't even need analytics to see, you know what I mean, what's what's happening. Right. And and, and that's, that's, that's the thing. It's like analytics are great because it only – really further emphasizes what a lot of people have been saying and have seen with their eyes. Um, you don't need, like, again, to, to in real time, you're on the on the sideline, rushing the ball has just not worked at all, and you get down in front of the goal line, third and one, and you rush and you lose the yard, and then your instinct is to go right back to the rush. Like, at least give them a shot and throw the ball because clearly, and again, so that tells me that I have very little hope, sadly, that this coaching staff is going to turn things around because they just seem too stubborn or unable yeah. to or incapable of. I, I don't, whatever you want to call it, it's just, it's not something that I, I'm, I'm seeing as a, as, a, as a quick fix. I mean, it could be. That's the thing, John. It could be a very quick fix. Go back to what you did last year. Play the offense you played last year. Because guess what? That offense ran through Tom Brady's arm. And that offense was the second leading scoring offense in the league last year by a, a, per, like a marginal point difference between them and Dallas. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about a team that was at the top of just about every offensive category all of a sudden with largely the same number of players. Now, again, missing Gronk is huge. Some of the injuries are huge. But these are professional athletes. And I've always said before that injuries aren't necessarily an excuse. They could certainly be a cause for struggle. But a team like the Buccaneers should win regardless. You know what I mean? Like, they have enough talent to overcome the losses that they've suffered. But they don't have enough to overcome being put in, in terrible positions to succeed. I mean, that's what it is. You're, you're asking this yeah. team to do what they do worst and somehow succeed doing it. They're losing to teams that they should beat handily, right? Pittsburgh and Carolina. The last two right? years, I mean, they've beaten Carolina by like an average of 26 points in four games. Right. And they just they lost were, by 18. They were a 13-point favorite on the road. Like, you don't see that in the NFL. We saw that with the 07 Patriots. Remember, they'd yeah, go into well, Buffalo and be like yeah. a 20-point favorite and then go ahead and cover it. I mean, the Buccaneers are actually losing the games. I mean... Green Bay's had their struggles, but you can kind of look back and say, okay, they've lost to the six and one Giants and the five and two Jets. Maybe those teams aren't all that bad. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday's loss, you know, Washington's not that good. Although somehow the NFC East is sixteen and three outside of the division. This yeah, year. that's wild. That's, a, that's wild. I mean, that was supposed to be one of the weaker divisions of football. I mean, even Washington, you know, they're three and four. They they still play defense. Mm-hmm. They seem to still play hard. You know, and they they've got some good weapons on offense, so they're not an easy team to beat. They're not all that great, but, you know, that, that's not a bad last-place team. It sounds like a Yogi Berra statement, but um, the other three teams are all on a roll. You know, they mm-hmm. only seem to beat each other when they face each other, so, you know, it, the, the league is just totally screwed up, and look, if the Patriots win tonight, you'll have all four teams in the AFCs with winning records, and the Patriots still would technically be in last place yeah. at 4-3 and three and trending in the right direction, so right now, you know, the two Eastern divisions are really, really good, and the West not as good as we thought they'd be. Because outside of Kansas City and the AFC West, everybody else in those two Western divisions is struggling. Yeah, and like, look, I mean, I just realized that we've spent nearly forty-five minutes on the forty-five-year-old. So, <laughs> unfortunately, we're not going to get to everything that we wanted to. But tomorrow, um, we'll, we'll talk more about obviously teams like the Chargers, who again we both of us missed the mark on them. I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I. 
we certainly were not a believers in their coaching staff, but felt that they had enough to at least take. I mean, they've taken like three steps back this season, and and that's that's surprising. We're going to talk more about that. Uh, before we go, though, first off, actually, server lining about yesterday. The Yankees lost. Um, Phillies and uh, Houston uh, will be uh, meeting in the World Series, and what in in a incredible coincidence, I guess. Um, Houston and the Eagles play <laughs> in the middle of that World Series uh, in football, um, so that'll be that'll be kind of a, a nice little subplot to all that uh, tonight. Though you already mentioned the Patriots, the Patriots at home against Chicago, um, even winning they might have. I I honestly I, I you can make a case that they're they're despite being in last place in the division, they might be the second best team in that division in the AFC East. Like it, I think they're the most trusted team to to uh to keep it together does that make sense like i i, I think oh, the jets well are, yeah, yeah. The, yeah the track record obviously i mean the jets are five and two and great but now they've lost bryce uh bryce hall for the season and, and we, we kind of talked about what they were doing and we kind of talked about that with them where it's like i you know maybe this might be just a year or two early for the jets which isn't a bad thing it just means that i kind of feel like they're overachieving a little bit you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. not, to me, I'm not seeing it as something sustainable. And that's, again, that's not a bad thing. That's a great sign for the future for the Jets. I think they have a really bright future. But um, Miami looked pretty good. La- I mean, f- f- for, you know, what, the first half they looked, what they were up 16-0, um, 116-10. Uh, I think they're a pretty good team, but the last four weeks or so kind of opened the door for me to sit here and say, well, Maybe the Patriots are the second best team in, in the division. Now, again, that can change in an instance. Uh, we, you know, we saw last year where the Patriots had the inside track to the division, and then, boom, just like that, it was gone. But I, I think this team is different. I think they're, I mean, again, w- living down here in the Tampa area and and having to uh, watch this Buccaneers team each and every week, the the, the coaching difference is is drastic. And the Patriots are always going to be prepared to win a game. Doesn't mean they're going to win a game. They're always going to be prepared to win a game, whereas I don't think that's happening with the Buccaneers right now. Uh, so tonight, I look at it, I'm like, well, Chicago's a bad team. They can't produce any sort of offense. Uh, and you're going up against a, a very good defensive unit, which, again, you would have never thought after that, you know, how could you not pay J.C. Jackson and on a side note, hopefully he's he's healthy. He went down yesterday. But, you know, from a football ability standpoint, he's had a very bad season. And I think, again, once again, Bill Belichick's kind of showing you that he, he's he's pretty good at drafting and, and finding he, talent. Just because, you know, he doesn't have first-round wide receivers doesn't mean he's a bad drafter. Well, he did rush back from that ankle surgery. Uh, and then ends up blowing out his knee. So, I mean, that, he had two really bad injuries this year for J.C. Jackson. Uh, that team is just loaded with injuries. But tonight, Chicago can't move the ball. Their offense is literally like a 1950s offense. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's going I don't back know every decade, field. every week. Like, a couple See, right, weeks ago, yeah, it was 1970s. Be... Now it's it's going yeah. back even further. It's like a time we're, machine, John. It's kind of cool. We're insulting the 1950s with comparing the Chicago Bears to a 1950s offense. But, uh, they do have a good defense, and look, I, I think the Patriots will win tonight. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout that everybody's no, no, predicting, no. only because Chicago's defense is good. And look, they lost to the Vikings by seven on the road, and they lost to the Giants by eight on the road. Those two teams are, only have one loss each. I, I, again, I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I think it might be a little closer than people anticipate. And it's an eight and a half point spread. Um, if I was a betting man, I would take the Bears with the points, but I, I expect the Patriots to find a way to win. Yeah, look, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I, I think the Patriots are going to win comfortably, meaning I think they're just going to control the game. There's not going to be too much doubt, so to speak. And, and, and again, I'm trying to make it very clear that I'm not calling a blowout. I mean, this could be a three or 10-point game, but you know what I mean. Like one of those games where it's like the Patriots just kind of do do what they do their job, so to speak, and and it just kind of you you know wipe your hands clean and move on to the next week, and I kind of think that's what we're going to get here tonight. So uh, obviously, I'm, I'm picking the Patriots. We I actually think we might have on Friday actually get, given our picks for this game, but for the for the mm-hmm. sake of closing this out uh, on a high note, I'm going to take the Patriots, and I'm guessing you are too because you just said it. Yeah, <laughs> close. Yeah, yeah, 
pretty close. I think like 20 to 17, uh, something along those lines. You sound like more of a 23-10 type game or, no, you know, no, not even, in- not even, not even that. I, I still think it's going to be a close game. I just, like I said, not uh, the Patriots are going to control this game, just not a blowout. And right. that, so it's like, okay. you know, to me, I think they're just going to handle business and really not have, you know, too much doubt throughout the night. But then mm-hmm. again, then again, I thought the Buccaneers were going to get things right against the Steelers, and <laughs> then I thought they were going to get things right yesterday, and that was not the case. But fortunately for the Patriots, they do not have. Byron Leftwich. They're lucky, John, to have Matt Patricia. <laughs> yeah, I know. Matt Patricia looks like Bill Walsh compared to <laughs> Byron Leftwich. <laughs> Matt Patricia looks like he invented football, and and is you know what I mean. That's that's a, that's how much for uh, uh, anyways. But thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, uh, to Tuesday, which means we're going to be doing our little hockey spot. But we will also discuss this game and kind of give our thoughts more on Sunday because, like I said, we. We spent a lot of time on the old guys, so, um, yeah, which I don't regret. had to get a lot off my chest, but remember, folks, it's not their problem. They're the least of their team's concerns, and, and for a minute, step back and actually evaluate the, the things that we're seeing. So, anyways, have a great day, folks, and we will uh, talk to you manana. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.